Welcome to the Wings Over New Zealand show with Dave Homewood. show special. I'm your host Dave Homewood. Merry Christmas to one and all and also we're marking another special day here on the One Show. Today as this episode goes out uh, live on the 18th of December 2016 it's actually five years to the day since we first uh, had an episode go live. So today's the One Show's fifth birthday. Yay! Happy birthday. Hey. And just as you, as you can hear, uh, to celebrate the fifth birthday of the One Show and our Christmas special, uh, I've got a few friends here and good friends of the show who have all appeared in the series in the past. Um, I'd like to introduce Bruce Cook. Hi, Bruce. How's it going, everybody? And Matt Austin. Hi, Matt. G'day, Dave. G'day, folks. And James Kitely. Hi, James. Hello, Dave. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so uh, we're five years into the show. Uh, this as we're recording, is the 129th episode, and it's actually amazing that we've lasted this long, to be honest. Uh, I really can't, I can't understand how it's got on this long, uh, but it's it's fantastic, and uh, I was actually chatting with Matt just recently, and did the maths, and um, 129 episodes over five years, when you do the calculations, that comes out to 25.8 episodes per year, so that's actually one per fortnight on average. That's not too bad. It's a pretty good effort for half a decade. Not too shabby. Mm. Actually, to, I'd never thought about it as half a decade before. That's even worse. Yeah, you've only, <laughs> you've only got another five years to go for another decade. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Sorry about and that. And, of course, <laughs> that's right. It's, it actually does put it into perspective, doesn't it, really? It's... Uh, um, but, you know, we, we had a, a bit of a celebration uh, earlier in the year, uh with our 100th episode special and it's actually amazing that 29 episodes have come out since then because it was only the 20th of may that i uh uh published the 100th episode special and now we've got another 29 episodes and um i was looking back at the uh the episodes that have come out since then and there's been some really interesting topics uh i'll just run down through the list we've got um there was the bomber command ceremony which very very special to my heart because the bomber command guys are amazing and to be able to get in there and record that um, 
yeah, that's that's pretty neat. That's the second one that I've done in the series actually, because I did one a couple of years ago too, and they're, they're always worth going to. If you get a chance to go to the the Bomber Command Memorial Ceremony at uh, Auckland Museum, it's an annual ceremony in June. Make sure you you can get along there. It's it's just an amazing event. Um, we had the uh, NASA Sophia. 747 how good was that to have nasa on it was pretty neat wasn't it absolutely um we had uh, another um international one which uh was really really popular and that was the typhoon legacy that's a that's an incredible project yeah it's going to be good to see that thing going uh, in the future and uh, lots of people involved in that around the world it's a, a truly global project that one yeah, and it's got such a great Kiwi connection with the pilot uh, who was uh, uh, flying it when it crashed, and uh, and the fact that there's Kiwis working on it now too. It's it's really great. Just a um, a very slight footnote to that one, the typhoon episode. I quite often listen to the podcast when I'm going for a walk or for a jog around Juni, my little hometown, and I got home about two hours late from that one because I had to stop and sit down and listen to it. I couldn't just listen to it in a distracted sense as I was jogging along. So I had a little bit of explaining to do when I got home. I said I was listening to a podcast, but it was an absolute cracker, that one. So that's, that's a form of praise that you don't normally get. You know, bring, brings a listener to a complete halt. <laughs> yeah. that, that is great. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> uh, another really uh, really different and quite special one we've had this, um, this past few months was with Tim Costley uh, from the Missing Wingman Trust, and it was great to be able to support that really, really good uh, uh, cause, um, looking after the families of uh, our RNZF uh, men and women who have either died in service or or been injured or have had some sort of hardship and uh yeah it's really good to get behind that cause and, and we'll definitely have more of them on in the, in the future and uh same with same with the typhoon legacy we're going to have the typhoon guys on again in the future too as the project comes along so uh comes on um and one of the great things that i really um particularly enjoy is uh interviewing the the veterans and we've had a few veterans on as well um, my old interview from years ago with Don McKenzie, he was a pretty uh, pretty interesting um, guy in terms of the things that he got to fly. He, he flew so many different types of aircraft and he was in, in unusual places like um, Singapore and then Ceylon, which you hardly ever hear anything about Ceylon and the fact that he was there when the Japanese attacked there and I didn't even know that the Japanese had attacked that place until I met him. Um, you know, so that was really good to get that one out there. Okay. And um, we've had two Spitfire pilots that I've managed to find uh, this year by chance, and they're both British guys, John Wall and Hayden Finbo, uh, who was only a few weeks ago, Hayden. Um, British, uh, English-born guys, they um, joined the RAF and both trained in the USA, which is, um, you know, interesting that I found them within a few weeks of each other, and they'd both gone through similar but different um, paths. And uh, then, you know, John... John didn't. John ended up in Italy and then Greece and then Palestine, which is a really unusual uh, sort of path that uh, f- compared to the most of the Spitfire pilots that I've met from New- from the RNZF. So, and Hayden was interesting because he was in six ten squadron, six one zero squadron, um, the famous squadron with uh, our own top fighter race, uh, Colin Gray, and uh, yeah, that was an interesting one as well. If and uh, I can jump in there, uh, Dave. I just one of the things that uh, kind of comes out in your in your bit so far, and also I'm sure to come. But 
and, and it was a great bit when we had the, the um, Wings Over Australia tour, is uh, it's great how you got the Kiwi end of things, but it's also great mm. how that Kiwi end of things is an international and, and global experience. And, and as you were just saying, it, you know, one of the great things about doing these, uh, the, the ones I've done with you and the ones I've listened to, is that they're always unexpected, not, not necessarily in a kind of shock horror way, but you, know, what, uh, you think you know the story, you know how it's going to go or what someone's experienced, and then they, they turn out to be in a war zone, as you were just saying, that you never even knew was a war zone or a, uh, a country that, that uh, you, d- you didn't expect that kind of thing. And I, I think that's one of the richnesses of the, uh, the whole experience is that because it's real, because it's real people you're, you're interviewing, um, it's global and it's unexpected and, it's, and it's, it's fascinating. I don't know if the other guys would agree with that. Very much so. I, I think um, to, to add to that, coming from Australia and New Zealand, you know, by world standards, a lot of our history is what you, I suppose you would consider the forgotten part of the war. And it's fascinating to learn about other forgotten stories and theatres of war and areas where um, various activities took place. So it is quite a learning experience. And, and listening to the gentleman who, who flew a, um, the... the, the cantankerous walrus no offense james um <laughs> trying, trying to take that cantankerous walrus back for repairs and 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 just little stories like that about what so many stories from a global war that we've never heard about it's really very very interesting yeah absolutely yeah i i guess uh, in some respects I've, i haven't had a chance to listen to a, a lot of the overseas ones um, but just looking at the, at the subjects and things coming through, we've got a massive resource here in terms of the depth of stories that are being told. And, I mean, realistically, I mean, we, we don't necessarily get a chance to listen to all of them. I mean, um, that's that's the nature of it. But it's just a huge um, variety of, of, of subjects in there that um, that's going to have to appeal to every, to somebody, um, even, if, even if it's sort of... Um, like my particular interest is in, in the light sport aircraft and things like that. So um, we've had some really good stories on that side of things. The, the recordings that Dave did last year at Black Sands uh, with some of the some of the guys there were, were pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, we've we've got a lot of stuff that we can work with here. It's it's really quite a quite a resource that we, that we've got now for recording people's stories and it's people's stories. That's the important thing. I'd, I'd agree. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. To come yeah. in and jump jump all over poor Dave again. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, one of the things, um, obviously, I was very much uh, the, the the Wings Over Australia series was a very tight period and something I was very, you know, from day one to the end and, and beyond sort of thing with Dave. Um, and I'm very keen that we archive that here in Australia as, as a snapshot of, of uh, in that case, what we concentrated on was vintage and aviation, warbirds, restoration. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a fascinating snapshot of the time, uh, which a year ago, which is not a long time in some ways, and, and things have moved on already. So it's actually a bit of history in itself. And, and I'd absolutely agree with you there, Bruce, that uh, it's the variety of stories and it's the, um, it's the people's stories. And, and I think uh, one of the great things is that these are captured, um, mostly for... <laughs> Sometimes we make mistakes, and we perhaps wish those bits weren't captured. But with the with the people we've interviewed and and the, the great work Dave's done, I mean, I was only did a little short run with Dave, but 
the huge amount he's covered. And I think you're absolutely right there, Bruce, to point out that, you know, that's a huge, huge archive that Dave's built up now. It's a half a decade's worth of, of recordings. Um, that's a lot of a lot of hours. And I think a very important bit, and I would say enormously important New Zealand history, uh, aviation history, but also global aviation history and and, um, and social history too, some of the experiences that people were, were um, going through, which are now being captured in a very good format. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. And, you know, capturing the stories of the people uh, is what it's all about. I mean, this, that's what the series is. The essence of it is people stories. So, you know, I, uh, there's there's some topics I've never even really thought about and then people suggested it and I've sat down with chaps um like the that's as bruce was saying with the um with the light sport guys sitting down with some of those guys and getting their backstories and and some of them had really really interesting stories not just in the light sport and and you know um home building and, and that but they have all sorts of other interests in aviation as well and that's what uh that's what you, you find is that you you might look at someone from a certain group and think, okay, I'm going to get get a story here, but you'll get a much wider story each time, uh, because everybody has more than one interest, if you know what I mean. Um, and and uh, and then there's there's other other uh, stories that I've done this year that have been just fantastic to uh, to get a really wide look at a particular a particular topic uh, from different generations. Um, and I'm thinking in terms of the number five squadron and number 75 squadron reunions that I was very fortunate, uh, to be invited to both of those and, uh, was able to sit down with, uh, with some of the, the veterans going back, um, in number five squadrons, uh, case, they were celebrating 75 years. And I think the, the earliest guy that I got back to Two, uh, of course, the guys that were in the squadron 25 years ago are no longer with us. But the earliest one that I got back to was in the late 50s, and uh, covering guys who flew on that squadron in Catalinas, and then Sunderlands, and then Orions for 50 years, uh, and the different things that that they went through um, on that same squadron doing the same job was really really interesting. And then you've got 75 Squadron where they've got all these different eras from. Um, Right back, we had a, a chap who was on, on Wellingtons, um, all the way up to guys who were on the Skyhawks at, at that reunion, and um, I, you know, I managed to find someone on each of the different eras of the Canberra, the Vampire, uh, Lancaster. The only one that wasn't there was a Sterling uh, era guy, because there, there's so few of them left. But you know, that, just just being able to capture those stories is just brilliant, and. Um, I'm really, really pleased too that I w- was invited to that uh, number five squadron reunion because it was current RNZF and it was the first foot in the door with um, with doing some current stuff as well. So and that was brilliant. They were really, really good, um, really helpful, really um, keen. Every single person that I came across knew exactly who I was and what I was doing, which, which is really great. great. I've never had that with this before. I always have to stop and explain it, but they all knew. They'd all been briefed, and they were all really for it. And I was like, that's great. That's really great. Well, I think we, we have the impression, Dave, that uh, nothing in, in, in aviation in New Zealand can move until you're already there to record it and uh, <laughs> make sure it's properly documented, which is obviously obviously an exaggeration. But, you know, yeah. I, I think it's, it's great. Uh, you know, I'd also flip what you just said on, on its head in a way that the RNZAF, um, and it's a great, they're a great air force, um, are lucky to have you documenting it. Because although, as you say, doing the current stuff is uh, current, 
military is maybe a new element, you're bringing into it a wealth of experience and a wealth of the heritage. And I think one of the things that matters to all of us in our different ways is the heritage to where we are today. I don't really, as infamous, I don't really care about pointy grey stuff. Um, And uh, that's nothing wrong with it. It's just for other people. I don't don't go for it. But where we got to, uh, the pointy grey stuff, the stuff that came before and the people who were looking after that heritage. And and I think those reunion um, broadcasts and some of the stuff you told us about um, in terms of your experience really shows how the modern military, whether that be the RNZAF, RAAF or anybody else, um, should it has to be embedded in its history as well. And I think um, the impression I get is a lot of the Air Forces are getting better at acknowledging their heritage and and, uh, taking that on board and carrying it forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, uh, you know, Air Force heritage, uh, well, I I have to say one of the greatest things that I've done this year, one of the things that's really really um, pleased me the most is being able to get into the Air Force Museum of New Zealand and um, recording with those guys about our heritage and um, you know our, our Air Force heritage. No, very few people ever get into the archives and when you do you're in the front office you don't get into the back rooms and so to have that privilege to go into the back rooms with Simon and Matthew and to go into the photo archives with Matthew O'Sullivan um, incredible and you know, I I couldn't really sh- I couldn't show that too well, uh, you know, with a with an audio podcast. But I hope that the photographs suffice because, uh, and and the way that Matthew talks about the the archive in that episode, it's it really brings it to life. It's it's fantastic. Um, there's so much history in that one building. It's incredible. If I um, <clears throat> just just thinking a, a bit, Dave, if I may, about what you some of what you 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 we've all been talking about. Of course, as we know, and as something that comes up again and again and again, the history of aviation and military history and social history and all that, it's the history of people. It's the history of the, the human story. And it's interesting. I've enjoyed the podcasts, the reunion podcasts, especially the ones where you have people in their 90s right through to people a lot younger. And there seems to be a universal experience, a universal Air Force experience, and I'm sure, Dave, you would agree with that. But um, yep. particularly, it's, it's interesting because, you know, when you see a, or you listen to a podcast featuring Second World War gentlemen, fellas, quiet gentlemen now, usually quiet, in their 90s, I can look back myself to a um, fairly enthusiastic reunion that was held at the Australian National Aviation Museum at Moorabbin around 1986. And it was one of the Bowfighter Squadrons. I can't quite remember if it was 30 or 31 Squadron, RAAF. And anyway, we ground run the Bowfighter for them at the time. And um, these were men who then were quite lively and quite strong. And they were, you know, they were in their early and mid-60s, which is you know, a bit of a change from today. But they were full of beans and full of energy. And there's a young sort of 14, 15-year-old myself watching all of that go on. It was absolutely fascinating. And just as an aside, one of the local breweries donated six kegs of light beer and six kegs of full strength and i think the full strength kegs went back empty and the light beer wasn't touched so that showed <laughs> 40, 40 odd years later things hadn't changed <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely you know and um james has already touched on the fact that uh, we did the wings over australia tour and that's been a big part of the series this year uh getting those out um, we did start with the early ones uh, last year, but the bulk of it's gone out since since the hundredth episode, actually. And we covered some fantastic topics in Australia. Uh, we've just finished the series now. Uh, the last one's just gone out in the past week, and 
So yeah, I guess we can look back now, James, and just uh, talk about what we what we did and and uh, and the amazing people and places that we visited. Um, and just to run down the list of the ones that have gone out since that hundredth episode, we visited the Royal Australian Air Force Museum at Point Cook. Uh, we talked with Matt Henderson and Murray Wallace. Uh, We've, we we uh, climbed on board Thor, the the Hercules, which is uh, very much in the news at the moment too, because it's been fighting fires again. Yep. Um, we we met uh, really neat people like Judy Pay and uh, Daniel Lay and Steve Deeth, and uh, at the uh, Tomorrow Air Show we um, we caught up with uh, well I caught up with Mark Awad and we caught up with uh, uh, Bevan Jews and uh, Stuart Wilson and uh, Andy Bishop. And of course, uh, somebody called Matt Austin, um, <laughs> and uh, and um, then we went across to um, Canberra and we met up with Jamie Croker and uh, interviewed him about the Hudson, which is now complete and uh, is on display at the airport, I believe. That is correct. Canberra. That's it. Yeah, and uh, and you and I did the uh, walk around of the Australian War Memorial, which is just an incredible museum, a fantastic museum. Um, and then uh, we went across to Sydney and um, we ended up uh, going to Haas where we uh, where we met up with Jim Thurston who's working on the Southern Cross which is a great aircraft and that's been to New Zealand and I'd, I'd seen that flying here. Uh, and Bob Delahunty who is the um, president of, of Haas and uh, that was really great. And then um, we went down to Nowra to the Fleet Air Arm um, museum, the Royal Australian Navy's Fleet Air Arm Museum, and caught up with Terry Hetherington. And last but not least, we sat down with uh, aviation artist Winita Franzi. So, um, yeah, plenty, plenty of uh, interesting and wide variety of stuff, and it's all those human stories as well, like Bruce was saying. Um, all of them have got a great story to tell, haven't they? It was, it was enormously varied. Um, uh, incredible. I mean, I think we've said it before but I'll say it again it was incredibly tiring it was hard work in a good way I mean anytime you're working on something you enjoy and you care about it's it's not the same as grafting for something you don't like but I think uh, it's no big secret we were both pretty wrecked by the end of the, the end of yeah. the month and uh, absolutely I had just had a little thing pop up on my timeline on the computer saying showing a picture of um, Wiley E. Coyote running off the proverbial cliff which was a reminder from a year ago and you know here I am mid-air it's all it's all come to a crashing stop but it was terrific and, and I, I agree Dave um, we, uh, we we got to talk to some fascinating people um, obviously uh, you know you, you don't want to pick favourite it's too much but they're, they're naturally there's some things that stick in the mind more uh, other things that mean more to, to you I mean and Dave and I we keep coming back to Hudson's and so getting um, both the, the War Memorial's view on restoring their Hudson from Jamie he's a great guy and, and the Tamora view from, from Andy um, uh, about how they operate their aircraft but to me real highlights of the two are that sort of complimentary that why the argument about to fly or to not to fly is completely pointless it's you know we need both we need people flying aircraft we need preserved static as well and these Excellent. guys were, were able to to work off each other yeah thanks and and it was a it was a terrific tour i think funny one thing i would perhaps say i had it said before was um was really interesting um, going around with dave uh, we've worked together before we, we we get on well and we, we know each other but 
um, it was interesting that we picked up different things and it was great for me to see sometimes very familiar things and, and good friends um, through Dave's eyes or, you know, Dave asking asking questions and seeing, you know, the responses that surprise me sometimes. You know, people I know well sometimes or places I know well. Um, I, I have a whole new appreciation of the um, the War Memorial thanks to going around with Dave. Uh, I agree it's a, it's a very important place, a very important collection, um, but actually seeing it from his uh, perspective. And, and again, I think it's something we can owe both take for granted and, and, and make too much noise about in a way is the sort of the Anzac cliche, the, the, the story of the New Zealand and Australian relationship. We, we spent a lot of time pulling each other's legs gently about Australia and New Zealand and that was yeah. a good thing and it should have been done. But I, I think um, what I noticed most of all was the similarities and uh, the compatibility and the mutual support historically. Um, and I, and I, going back to your, your point about the RNZAF Museum, I, you know, I was delighted to show... Dave around um, the IAAF Museum. That's that's where I volunteer. I'm very um, very proud of it. Very um, pleased to, to be able to volunteer there. But having visited the, the RNZAF Museum a couple of times, and I have to say, being into the archives, I'm very privileged. Um, that's a really, for, for my money, the RNZAF guys uh, punch above their weight, as New Zealand often does, uh, for the size of the Air Force, for the size of the country and population, and definitely, I'd say, up there on a par with the RAAF Museum. But it's not a competition. It's really great that we can, we can uh, trade off each other's stuff. It's, you know, I kept bringing in the Canadian side of things because that's a particular area of interest. Dave and I obviously have um, a bit of an insight into the British Empire side of things, and sometimes we picked up in the American. Loved that fact. It was, it was a very global thing even though it was an Australian tour and um, and I mean you know funny to finish with uh, Juanita who's a, who's a fascinating person wonderful wonderful character and, and arguably one of the best um, uh, profile artists was uh, not where you'd expect to finish the tour but uh, it was a, a terrific sort of full stop in a way and again is a different way of interpreting the history you know Juanita puts enormous mm. effort into getting the technical stuff right but for her it's also about the people and, and the stories behind the aeroplanes in her profiles and her artwork and uh, um, she's doing some great stuff with articles these days which is a uh, speaking as a writer it's great to see people breaking out of doing drawings and going into doing the words as well so that was yeah, that was yeah. terrific too i mean so much more that can be said and, and uh, but you know go listen to the podcast if you haven't there's uh, several there I, I would definitely pick out as, as top hits and uh, really enjoyed doing it for me on the trip um for the highlights as well as visiting some of the places and seeing some of the airplanes which you know are always going to be highlights but meeting some of the people who are legends um, to the point where I knew their names, I knew all the aircraft they had because you read about them in the likes of Classic Wings magazine and, you know, you see them on the internet. But meeting them in person uh, and and finding out they're really, really cool people, really nice people, um, you know, not not the sort of legend status that you kind of imagine. They're actually just everyday really cool people. A lot of very uh, ones. Yeah, Judy Pay and uh, Steve Deeth, uh, the ones I'm really thinking about here. Um, you know, they they've got they've got such a status in the Australian warbird scene, and um, it was wonderful to meet them and find that they're really neat people. And and you know, it's and and again, I should have known that because that's the same with here in New Zealand. The um, the well-known warbirds pilots that everybody goes to an air show and sees them perform, and they're like household names. But when you actually get to know them in real life, they're just like everybody else. They're just fantastic people uh, who just have a set of skills that are different from most people. But um, but they are really neat people. So it was, it was great to meet some of those types of people. And it was good to see a few people that I'd met before as well. I mean, I'd met Stuart Wilson uh, here in New Zealand when he's been out here at air shows and 
um, Bob Delahunty came to one of our um, forum meets, which was really cool. Um, so it was good to catch up with a few people like that. And it was really good to meet people on that trip that I had never heard of, but had such a great little piece of um, aviation history of their own right that it's really good to highlight those people as well. I mean, Matt Henderson, what a great guy. And he's, he was so knowledgeable about our CT4 aircraft, you know, and um, and recognising so much that it was the New Zealand side of it as well as the Australian side. And I learned a lot about the Australian side of it from him. Um, and uh, and I and I can't um, I can't say more how grateful I am to him uh, for giving me a flight in his aircraft too. Because all these years that you know I've seen CD4s around, I've worked on the damn things. I'd never been up in one before, and that was fantastic. That was that Sorry. was terrific. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, just to, to pick up on your point there, David, and then I'll, I'll back off a bit. Is that um, one of the great things? Take someone like Stuart Wilson. I'd, I'd absolutely agree. Uh, really nice. He's a competitor of mine. I mean, we we work for different magazines, but um, he's got enormous uh, knowledge and heritage in Australian aviation history. And again, like we're talking global, he doesn't sort of stop at the boundaries. Um, but actually be able to, um, to, to, to talk to him. I was going to say to sit down. We didn't sit down. We were standing again. <laughs> um, but uh, metaphorically to sit down with him and talk through um, how he was, uh, how he did what he did and how that worked um, was really a terrific, um, terrific experience and a great, he was very honest and, and straightforward about the challenges. And, and of course, he, he was doing books and magazines in an era when we didn't have the internet. We would not be able to do what we're doing here with this, um, you know, four-way recording in, across two countries in the Tasman. Um, yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, I, th I think the, the interesting thing was getting people to talk nice ordinary seeming people in one way great people to talk to us about their skills or their special experience which they often didn't value very highly i mean steve deeth who's ferried airplanes all over the world oh you know you just do this you do that it's not hard it's like come on steve is a bit more to it no no it's pretty straightforward you know it's very low key um, but to pull that sort just, of stuff just... out was great yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love the way he just said that he'd point the aircraft in the right direction and then start reading a book. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> Australia is is definitely. It's good to be able to bring the Australians on board on onto the, onto the program. I think it's been good to see that. Um, I'm looking forward to going over to Australia um, briefly over the New Year period and uh, hopefully be able to get out to the likes of Point Cook and and places like that on the way over there as well. So it's really good to sort of have a little bit of the background as to what's going on over there as well as uh, to, when you're sort of making these sort of plans and uh, having little adventures like that. Yeah, and I think that's um, that was part of it uh, when we decided to do this, wasn't it, James, is to actually just let the, the Kiwi side of uh, the listenership know what's available, what what museums are there, and that's why we, did, we sort of did those museum tour guides almost, you know, um, just to to give it a bit of a Kiwi uh, perspective of visiting these places. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think um, uh, you know, I think going back a couple of steps and a couple of things that uh, we sh we would like to, I'd like to say, we should say, which is that first of all, we were able to, to do the Wings Over Australia tour th thanks to a number of very generous people who were both funded and supported us, and uh, that made it possible. Yeah. Some of that was from New Zealanders, some of that was from Australians, but at the end of the day, a lot of that was also because of uh, enormous support that several Australians uh, had had in New Zealand. Myself, um, uh, Peter Anderson, Ando, um, would, would be two names I'd pick out as, as people who were instrumental in, in um, uh, 
pulling the, the project together because because as a sort of thanks uh, return thanks to uh, the great times we'd had in New Zealand. I'm I'm leaving Grant McCarran out of that listing because Grant's actually a New Zealander originally, so he's got a foot on both sides already. And unfortunately, Grant wasn't able to be with us to, tonight. But um, you know, Grant was another key player, and and Grant stands in a way for this thing. It was a Trans Tasman thing. Um, Bruce is absolutely right. Part of the thing was that we wanted to open the door to the New Zealanders of what we've got here in Australia. I'd, I'd hope my my fellow Australians have always been hospitable to our Kiwi neighbours when we've, they've come across. I certainly have uh, tried to be where we can. Um, I because like it's the, Yes, absolutely, Matt, who opened his house and uh, his town to us, which was very generous when we were up in, in, uh, in June E. But um, I, I yeah. think that's a terrific thing that we're able to, to extend that. And, and as Dave said, um, the Wings Over Australia tour, it was very much Dave visiting here. Um, we worked very closely together, more closely than I intended to. I mean, a lot of the podcasts originally meant to be Dave, uh, you know, on his own. Um, but that's been great because it's given both a, a Kiwi flavour to the thing, which is which is a good thing, and um, a, a new perspective on, in my case, some very familiar places and people. So uh, hopefully it's been inspiring and, and we get more people like Bruce over. And obviously I'm sure Bruce will be giving us a shout and we'll uh, arrange for some personal tourage. Absolutely. I'll, I'll be in touch shortly. Excellent. <laughs> Well, that's absolutely true. I'd forgotten that, James, that your your original idea was it was going to be me doing the podcast and you were going to sit back and just, you know, be there. But drive the car and be the guide, but but not be on the on air. And and I really um, hijacked. I, I would have I, I would have struggled it so much because your depth of knowledge of not only the places but the people because you you knew almost all of those people that we met you knew them from previous um contacts so uh that was so beneficial and also the fact that you could bring so much more um depth to the discussion i, I think each one of those episodes i would have got an episode out but it would have been a totally different whole different kind of topic um at the end of it because i would have been going so what's such and such and you knew what that <laughs> such and such is and so you could bring it out and and explain it in the question and um no i'm really i'm really grateful that you came on board and i i seriously think i know that matt right now is planning his own podcast and i think that you should also have some some sort of involvement james well that's that's very kind of, and, and it's lucky this is uh, this is a radio because i'm blushing slightly and and, and you know thanks very much Dave. um that's, we'll talk that's about that. complimentary yes really. um, and, and look let's be honest there were bits where and I, I think it's an important thing we have depths of knowledge i've got a particular areas of interest there's stuff i don't just don't care about i don't know i'm not very good at certain areas um, but uh, Dave and I, we worked very well, I think, uh, together. And, and uh, what was really good is that we were able to complement each other's knowledge really well. And, you know, uh, Dave having a bit of the Air Force background actually gives a perspective that those who've never served in the, in the forces, like myself, you know, can't bring to it. It's interesting how similar um, some of that experience uh, is, whether you're in the, um, any of the Commonwealth forces and even sort of American forces or, or European sometimes. Um, so that, that, that was... Yeah, and I think you made a good point. Absolutely, that that, that uh, you know, if you if you joined up in you know 1918 or 1940 or 1970 or 2015, the technology's changed enormously. A lot of the things, but now this is a, a you know we don't want to get too um, uh, grim about it. But you know, at the end of the day, it's putting um, pink people in, into a uh, a risky environment and how you manage that. And um, we've, we've we've had that thing um, where you've got to. Um, uh, make sure people are safe and that you've got the right equipment to do the job and you know off you go 
Yep, yep. Um, your point there about uh, the crossover between the, the different air forces uh, around the Commonwealth, particularly with Australia, New Zealand and Britain particularly, uh, and, and Canada too, I would imagine, um, from, the, from the, the lesser contact that I've had, but it is so similar. And you're right about the generations, and that's exactly what I found with the 75 Squadron and the 5 Squadron reunions, talking to all of those guys from different generations, uh, we've, we're still taught the same language. And, you know, even talking with young guys that are just 20 and they've just joined the squadron, I still know what they're talking about, even though I haven't been in it for 20-odd years. So, um, yeah, it is a, it's an it's a absolute culture. The, the, the Air Force uh, is a culture that has its own language, it has its own customs, um, you know, it it really should be recognised as a culture, and I think each service should be. The the, the Navy and, and the Army have totally different cultures, but they are cultures as well. Right. And um, they should be recognised in that way, and, and, and it's a dying culture, because the, the Air Forces around the world, the RAF, well, I don't know about the Royal Australian Air Force, but they're, they're shrinking um, dramatically, and particularly, you know, our Air Force is a shadow of what it used to be. Um, they need to be. They need to be a bit more... Um, supported I think but well, I think that's a fair comment though I mean that's that's a sort of political debate side that we've not tended to, to look at and it's not really our uh, remit perhaps but I agree that uh, uh, forces also change I mean that the language as you say the language is remarkable how little it changes and you know sometimes the jargon words different but it's the same thing over the centuries or, or, or hundreds of years in the case of the army and the navy a century in, in aviation and um, uh, different countries but the, the actual what you're talking about doesn't change as much as people might think and it is shrink you know yep. the forces are shrinking it is getting a very different game but uh, you know I think as you're saying about recognising the culture, some people do recognise the culture. I've got several books here on you know Air Force slang and Air Force heritage and so on. But I think um, one of the things I'm pleased with, going back to a point made earlier, we, we're better at recognising... The armed forces, the Air Forces, are better at recognising their heritage than I think they have been at times. It's not something you do on a Thursday afternoon in your training course. It's something about you know where you come from and where you're going. And I think if you look back to the sort of the Royal Flying Corps, you know they were very clear that they were they were founding a, uh, a heritage that you know what the the men did in the air over the Western Front or uh, the Middle East was was heritage that they were laying down, and we recognise that now, which is which is important. Yep, absolutely, and and it's not just Air Force either. Um, as Bruce was saying, with uh, uh, the the variety of guys that are involved in. Uh, uh, sport aviation and, and the home building and that they all come from different backgrounds and and yet um you know i can sit down with those guys and it's the it's the culture and language of aviation is something that you know i can i can pick up on instantly uh, it, it, it it's what um you, i think you call it talking airplane don't you, yeah Chris? yeah we've, I've, I've got signs which appear at a number of our SAA events, which says "fluent aeroplane spoken here," <laughs> and it's, it's exactly it. You can mm. you can talk to anybody, and once they find out that you're an aviator, then hey, they're your best mate. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's amazing. Um, I mean, I was over in um, I've been to Oshkosh and been into the UK and places like that, and um, you can wander into hangars and things like you do. You go and explore around airfields and wander onto largely deserted airfields and there's this bloke working away in the hangar. You go and introduce yourself and says, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm involved in aviation in such and such a way. And sort of five hours later, you're still talking to them. <laughs> yes. Uh, 
and it's, it's good conversation too. Yeah. It is, and it, yeah. it's it's quite surprising the number of times that's happened around the place. Yeah, you just drop in somewhere. Oh yeah, just having a look, see what's hanging around in the back of these hangers, and yeah, you find someone, and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, sort of hearing hearing their life story and sharing all, all the experiences together and that's the thing is that it's it's a it's a very much a uniting sort of culture it brings people together and um that's why i that's where i can see the future of aviation going is to build on that it's to that that's how we how we need to sell it to the the next generation of people involved in aviation is that it's it's this culture of looking after one another and, that's a, and that's, yeah that's a really good point bruce uh, I, I think to, to to come in there um one of the great things about aviation is that people do tend to share well as long as you behave yourself and uh, most of us are interested in other people's experiences and stories like you're just saying which is a terrific thing and uh, as we've demonstrated you know uh, and said you know dave's um uh, series of, of podcasts has been a really global thing very very new zealand based but very global and i think that's a terrific combination the problem of course is that aviation is under pressure in a way that it's not been for for many years in terms of you know a fear of of uh, of, of aircraft you know the, the from yeah. from september 11th on things like that quite rightly in that sense um through to you know it being a rich man's toy thing or you know people yeah. fooling around or i mean a wonderful and environmental things is the big thing environmental <laughs> things absolutely you can come up with a long list and yeah. the thing that that i find saddest personally is that you know to see big chain link fences around airfields as, as though it's a sort of um, a prison camp or a, a dangerous place, um, and it's not a dangerous place. It's safer than the road going past it. That's that's an absolute fact. Um, yeah. But uh, that uh, we need to be advocating for aviation, not because we're one-eyed fans. I hope we're all sensible about things, but because we know the benefits and we like to share them. And as Dave said about his flight in the CT4, it's great when people get to share aviation to it. Fluent aviation spoken here is a terrific phrase. I, I really love that. Um, but it's all also about I'm and a big advocate of sharing it and I was lucky enough recently to be able to stand back and let a couple of other people have a flight and that, that to me is much more valuable um, than me going for yet another flight in an interesting aeroplane much as I enjoy it and much as people make the offers because the more people out there who are advocating for aviation the better and I hope these podcasts reach people who are not aviation people too and they go well maybe it's not so scary or whatever I'll give it a go because these you know these guys seem very passionate I'm certainly passionate hopefully sane I don't know about that so much um and uh, and really you know keen it can't be all that bad yeah i think that that's that's the really important thing that we have to that we have this great great sort of um camaraderie as aviators and and aviation in general can add so much to society in general um and we've seen over the years we have airfields closing and things like that um but there are these little bright spots appearing um I know my home airfield at Tokofi, just north of Hamilton here, uh, we've got, just got new owners in there and um, some of their plans for the future at, at that airfield is really exciting and it's um, part of it is sort of building in this, this direct link into the community that it's part of and to, to show that it's something viable and beneficial to all of, all of the community. And that's where we really need to sort of get out there and we we need to sell aviation and and yeah as you say the podcasts work the the forums um basically it's it's sort of converting that 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 interest in aviation into a love for aviation we've got to be able to do that and that's where the future of the aviation industry and in general lies is to to have that that core enthusiasm that we can show how useful this is to society um i'd agree with that and that we can build on there 
Yeah, I, I think it's another another really good point. And I'd probably give a palm off to uh, to your side of things, the sport aviation, the lighter side of things, the home built, um, the people flying, you know, minimal aeroplanes. Um, it's it's uh, very easy uh, sometimes to overlook that. I mean, I know a lot of my friends get very excited about grey, pointy, noisy things that zim around the sky. It's eye-watering cost. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, some people will get to fly those. The vast majority won't, and, and that's fine. Um, but uh, the entry to aviation now more than ever, I mean, general aviation is, is uh, kind of caught between two, uh, two stones, as it were, and I think sport aviation has picked up a lot of what was the general aviation experience um, nowadays in that, you know, if you want to go flying, you can do it. It doesn't cost a fortune. It costs money usually, but um, it's not necessarily a, a bank breaker. And, and if you've decided you like it, there are ways of getting there, and that can include building your own aeroplane. Or, And I think the other point you made indirectly there is that they're communities. And um, I think the aviation community is a terrific one. We do tend to be very mutually supportive. There's a lot of banter and rude remarks between different fields, but at the end of the day, we all stand up for each other, which, which is good. But also, I absolutely agree with you. A local airfield reaching out to the local community where um, uh, Matt Henderson um, and Murray Wallace fly from. Um, that particular airfield here in Australia, it's, um, it's had some challenges locally, but they've worked very, very hard to um, work closely with the local community. And I think just to sort of wrap that thread up a bit and to throw it back to you guys, um, something we're both very aware of that I think people in other parts of the world may not see so much is we're now very aware of how aviation is vital to our um, our country's well-being. So here, as Dave quite rightly said, we have the um, the firefighting aircraft in Australia. They're already working in New South Wales fighting fires. And today, um, the other Hercules from Coulson arrived in Victoria. Um, and I hope they have a quiet year. I'm sure they hope they have a quiet year. But if they don't, they're going to be you know in harm's way protecting uh, Australian people and assets. And that's terrific. And a point Dave made on the forum recently, which I thought was a very important one, which is that you know people in New Zealand kind of well, what's the what's the you know the armed forces for? Well, um, in the case recently was was intervening in after your uh, latest magnificent earthquake experience and having you know having the um, uh, the Royal New Zealand Air Force getting out there and the Royal New Zealand Navy and so on. Um, moving stuff around, doing things that really nobody else can do. And, and um, I think anybody in New Zealand or Australia who takes aviation or the military for granted in terms of the civil side of things and protecting you know, people is, is uh, really got their head buried in the sand a bit. Yeah, that, um, yeah the Kaikoura earthquake recovery has been... Um, it's really illustrated the, the benefits of aviation, both the, the, the military and we had all the joint forces there working um, brilliantly down there in Kaikoura. But um, the other thing that, that really struck me was also the general aviation guys, private operators um, were moving food stocks into farm airstrips around well outside of where the media was watching. There, there, there was private airlifts going on all the way around that area into, into the back country there, um, making sure people were okay. Um, even, I think it was the Canterbury Mic Recreational Aircraft Club, Microlite guys um, were flying little zennias into, into people's back paddocks to check on people over that period of time. And, yeah, it doesn't get into the news, but this is what aviation is, is about. It, yeah, people use what resources they have and they they use them on that community level and that's that's, that's, that's great that is fantastic
That's a podcast there for you, Dave. I mean, just follow if yeah. you could follow up some of that stuff because yeah. you know, yeah. uh, you know, I wasn't aware of, of uh, the civil side, and I'm really pleased you brought that to our attention, Bruce, because it's a terrific, fascinating uh, angle on the thing. And you know, it's it's a real counterblast to the oh, we don't like that thing; it makes a noise. Well, you know, if you if you've been isolated or your family's been isolated, and you don't know how they're getting on, and someone's able to fly in with even a you know a little ragwing microlight and get out again yeah. and bring news, that is a terrific, uh, terrific achievement. Yeah, there's, there's a story I heard there that uh, one of the guys, um, he was actually from down in Southland, uh, from memory, uh, Wanaka, Queensland, Queenstown way, I think. Um, he made his way up via different stops, and he was checking on his family at, uh, I think it was uh, Clarence River, or somewhere up there. And uh, they actually flew up there, and they landed on the on the main highway up there, which had been cut off, so that no traffic around. And they sort of parked the airplane up there, and all the neighbours gathered around and um, and sort of made contact with with everybody. And it's um, yeah, some impressive stuff going on. It's um, yeah, that's that's absolutely right. That particular chap. Uh, uh, couldn't get hold of his family through the telephone or, or mobiles or anything, so he decided, bugger it, I'm going to fly up and find out what's going on. And and he did. He flew up, uh, landed on the road, found his family. They were all good, and I think he might have flown them out. Um, and, and you know, that that's that's one of the stories that did hit the headlines. But uh, I actually I did read, um, I think it might have been on the forum, there were something like 50 helicopters civil helicopters not just the military ones there were about 50 civil helicopters that went straight in there and were doing work all around to uh do that resupply so as you say there's there's the there's the military aircraft who responded there was the uh there was the light aircraft that you're talking about that responded and then there was the commercial helicopters who dropped everything their their own work and went in there and just made sure people were fine and you know that's that's incredible um the response and, and it's exactly what you'd expect. That's what the aviation community does. They just will drop everything for for uh, others. And um, th- this has been going on, I mean, way back. There was a chap who lived around the corner from me here in Cambridge when I was a teenager. He um, he was an, um, he was an aero club instructor, and he did exactly the same thing uh, with uh, the 1931 um, Napier earthquake. Oh, yeah, he dropped, dropped everything and flew into Napier and was taking... Um, taking in supplies uh, to Napier, you know. So it's been going on for a long time, and people don't really sort of see some of the stuff that happens. But as you, as you say, it, it really needs to be highlighted. And if I can, I will try and find a way to to get those stories out. Right, it'd be a great, it'd be a great one to pick up and and uh, and to find because it is a, you know, as Bruce just said, that sort of thing doesn't make the mainstream news. They need to they need to get their quick in and out thing you know piece to camera nice big camouflage helicopter or whatever it might be i mean that's a very shortcut version of, a, of their job and unfair too but you know a lot of the quiet stuff that goes on in the background i think another thing for australia and new zealand um that we do have for canada and the u.s to a degree but I, i'd say not britain is that these kind of emergencies the bushfires or earthquake or um uh, major events I mean, we saw the big uh, fort mcmurray fire in uh, in canada uh, last year and and mm. you know i had a friend who was uh, in that area and he had to evacuate and um and luckily most of his stories of the amusing what went off in the fridge variety rather than anything worse but um you know that that was an amazing story and a very similar experience to what that we have here and i think because we're we're all aware 
aware that we're you know one step away from that earthquake or that uh, bushfire, people are more aware that it's important to, to work together and to to, um, to to manage those kind of risks and to share those resources, which is uh, which is terrific stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, we're we're coming up to Christmas now, and um, the show will probably take a, a bit of a break over Christmas. I don't think I want to be spending hours hours editing shows um, over Christmas break, but we'll certainly be back in January, and um, uh, there's there's plenty more to come. Uh, even though Wings Over Australia is now finished, but uh, there's plenty more to come. I've got lots of stuff in the in the uh, can as they say uh recorded and ready to go and uh, uh, lots of plans too though I, mean, I think yeah absolutely wins yeah. over australia's finished and that was it was great that it was a it was a, a one short period i'm sure there will be uh, some kind of wings over australia too sometime in the future i don't think we can duck that it's going to happen somehow but before that there's you know um we've talked about getting you to oshkosh and uh, that bruce mentioned and oshkosh is the place that aviation has spoken don't go there place to go yeah got to got to do that and yeah. and also dave has quite rightly said that for him I think uh, a visit to the UK would be a would be a thing, and I think um, Dave in the UK doing a, a sort of expanded version of Wings Over Australia would be a terrific, terrific series too. But um, just to, to, to say one last thing about the Wings Over Australia, we uh, Keith Webb um, uh, was uh, here for lunch today, which was which was nice, and we were reminiscing. So Keith was the first um, actual recording of the Wings Over Australia um, yeah. series, and he was a good, nice, uh, easy entry for us because we both know Keith very, very well. He's very uh, amenable chap and um, does a very similar job to Dave in terms of recording veteran stories and so on. And that was terrific for me to watch you two guys um, talking about the, the similar experiences and the differences. And we were chatting and, 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 re- and that was a great, great little recording. But um, Keith pointed out, and several people says, Keith's not alone, that uh, the recording with Ian Whitney of the, um, the recoveries from Papua New Guinea and his experiences uh, recorded in his hangar with his aircraft uh, under restoration behind him, that was a pretty special uh, insight. And it's great where you get a story you really didn't expect to, to get. You, I thought we might have a bit of a chat and Ian give us a bit of a, a few bits of highlight but some of the stuff he was coming out with was was real kind of like wow <laughs> so it was absolutely. a great great experience and many more to come I'm sure yeah absolutely that I mean that was great with Ian that's been one that has probably been the most popular uh, Wings Over Australia episode in terms of downloads um, undoubtedly this it's it's rocketed ahead of the others in terms of the downloads but uh, I, I think because there's so many people interested in those aircraft that he's pulled out of the uh, jungles and you know old airstrips and stuff up in Papua New Guinea and around the islands um, uh, around the world you know the Americans are interested the Australians the Kiwis everybody's interested and and his and some of his revelations of what's still, still up there, there too yeah. I mean that's that's incredible. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's a, that's a great. If, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to Ian oh, Whitney. Um, yeah. yeah, he's yeah, and he's a bloody good storyteller too. <laughs> yeah, no, and um, but yeah, the uh, yeah, there's there's certainly uh, you were saying about the um, Oshkosh, and I mean you know if I if I do get a trip to England, then I'll try and time it so that I could come back. Or go through Oshkosh on the way, you know, because it's halfway there. So, um, <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's what that's what I did a few years ago. I went to England, yeah, went to Duxford and, and places like that, and then and Fairford, and then came back through Oshkosh. Three of the biggest air shows in the world in one trip. Kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. I, I I don't think I'd go to Fairford. I'm not interested in 
gritty pointy things as as James says. But yeah, I think that the um, you'd probably need a couple of spare batteries, Dave, for that experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. But I mean, you know, if I could, if honestly, that the absolute goal is to is to do wings over. It's either wings over Britain or wings over England. I'm not sure if I'd get as far as... Well, I'd probably have to go to Wales. One of my best mates lives there. Um, and and don't forget Scotland. Yeah, don't forget Scotland. Yeah. He's got a fortune tonight for those places. You've got to go up there. Yeah, yeah it's just I'm, I'm t- thinking in terms of time and, and expense. But, uh, I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to go to Scotland. Half of, well, more than half of my ancestors are from there. But um, Here is a sponsorship opportunity. If you feel yes, that you can sponsor this program in the future, please get in touch. That's how the Wings Over Australia happened. It was a big ask. We dreamed big. It was a, uh, you know, what, wouldn't it be cool to get Dave to get this, to, you know, over here, get this to happen? Uh, um, and, uh, you know, that was Grant and I talking at the Avalon Air Show. Wouldn't that be a great idea? You know, we all say these things and a couple of people um, said, yeah, we think we can make that happen. And the money came in, um, very, very generous uh, donors and people offered help and um, many, several people offered help that meant we were able to do a lot more than we originally expected. So, you know, um, I think that the limiting factor, Dave, would be would be the amount of energy and how long you can keep go for Duracell Bunny style. That would probably be the limit because we could make a lot yeah. of great things happen and, and that's the future of the well, podcast, great well, future. Yes. Yeah, but I think... Um, I would I would be able to go a lot longer in England because it doesn't have that oppressive heat that I was. <laughs> I mean, you know, you laugh you laugh at it, but honestly, I was struggling with that because it's not what I'm used to. So, uh, you know, particularly at Tamora and Juni and and um, or even in Nara, it's, it was pretty damn hot. <laughs> a few very hot days, and and uh, that was a bit. And that was spring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. except time. No, the forty. Oh, mind you. Hey Dave, if I went in July and 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 that was that was the uh, the the English summer, I think I managed to coincide it there. We had some decent days over there, mate. It's it's warmer there too. Ah uh, right, yeah, just okay. a hot <laughs> standing up in the British summer. Remember that. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, always take a bite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm from the Waikato. We're used to that, aren't we, Bruce? You're right. I'm tired of this weather here. But you got some great but, stuff um, in the can. You were saying, Dave, coming up. What, what can you give us? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I've got I've got absolutely um, loads of uh, talks from forum meets because we had three forum meets this year, which is the most I've ever done in, in the one year. Uh, we had one that was a two day event uh, back in March. Uh, the first day at um, Don Sabritsky's yep. and the second second day at Ardmore, um, and you know I've only put out a a, a couple of those so far, and uh, uh, Stu put out a few um, on YouTube, but they haven't gone out through the the um, Wings Over New Zealand show yet. So there's some actually really good ones there that I've, I've yet to get them edited and put out. And then I've got um, the second Auckland forum meet, which was in September. Yep. Uh, we've got. I don't know, maybe, what was it, about six or seven um, talks from there, which are really good. And then um, the week after that, I was down in Christchurch, and we had one down there, and there's another bunch there. So we've got, we're going to have a, a forum meet season of episodes, because there's some great stuff. That's um, Really, really good talks. Uh, particularly, I was really, really pleased with the ones in Christchurch there was some really interesting stuff down, down there in Christchurch and I will say this now I will definitely go back and do another forum meet down at Wigram again because everything was so good um, 
the only thing that could have been better is if all the people who said they were coming had actually turned no. up. But we had we had over twenty anyway. But um, um, well, I, you know, I'd jump in there, I, I Dave. Think, I think um, uh, one of the things I'd say to a lot of I've said this to people face to face, and I'm pleased to say it in the podcast is if you're thinking of going to a forum meet, don't hesitate, go, because um, if you don't like it, if you don't like everybody, you can just fade away. It's not a problem. But um, yeah. I've never seen anybody do that. What I have seen is a lot of people who've caught up with old friends, met new friends. Um, and uh, yeah, aviation spoken here, as, as Bruce said, you know, it's so much common ground, and I've made a huge number of good friends and contacts at forum meets all over the world. I've been lucky enough to have go to a, a forum meet with uh, the uh, Warbird Information Exchange in Canada, uh, forum meets with a key publishing forum in the in the UK, and, and lucky enough to get to, um, uh, the, I think it was the first. Uh, uh, Wands Forum meet at Don's, uh, Don Spritsky's place uh, that week. Pretty amazing weekend with the mosquito flight and so on. And that was that oh, was special. Yeah. I've never regretted, never, ever regretted going to them. Yeah. And um, on the contrary, uh, would have been very, very sad to have missed some of the stuff that turns up. It's not just the stuff you're going to be broadcasting. That is great. But it's the, you know, it's the chat and the banter around and the, the contacts and the sharing and the opportunities made. Absolutely. And I have to jump in here and say... Um, a lot of credit also goes to Bruce. Um, Bruce has always helped me with the forum meets. Right from the beginning, he was involved in the first forum meets. And um, the last three, he couldn't actually attend. Uh, the two two last Auckland ones and obviously the Christchurch one. Uh, but he always, in the background, was um, a good sounding board and giving ideas as well. Um, so, yeah, big credit to Bruce as well. Right. Bruce. <laughs> so, Bruce, we're going we're to have to do it all again next year. Yeah, <laughs> But hey, that, that's the thing. I mean, that's that, that's sort of what I'm involved with so much with SAA is is getting people together on different different events and activities, and that's what it's all about. Though it's it's, yeah. it's that's such an important part of the whole being part of aviation. You've got to do it. Yeah, exactly. And and what you were what you were saying earlier uh, about um, bringing different uh, different aspects of av- different groups of aviation together. The forum has done that. Uh, it's it's done that like nothing else has ever done in, in New Zealand as as far as I'm concerned because so many people from different groups have said, hey, it's really good to to learn about this other area, and, and even me, I mean, I've learned so much about uh, civil aviation, I've learned so much about um, top dressing and stuff I'd never have gone and picked a book up or or read an article about from the forum, and it's brought all those different groups together and they're now friends and working together and. Um, and so the forum meets are those places where you can get to meet those people face to face, and and um, form friendships and bonds, and they're always great. And we always have a core bunch of the same people who who come. And even in the Christchurch one, it was the first time we've ever done it in Christchurch. But there were people there who have regularly flown up to the North Island to come to other ones. So, you know, it's it's great. Yeah, I think if I was in New Zealand, I'd be uh, certainly coming along to uh, one or two more, and uh, there are occasions when I think, oh, it'd be good to nip across. I um, have reasons for not having any spare money at the moment, just build a house. But, you know, yeah. uh, these these are the things, that, and, I, and I think we're all agreed, and, and that's the big shout-out. You know, if, if you take one thing away from this podcast is um, don't be shy very understandable if you haven't met people or you don't feel that you're comfortable with it or you might feel you don't have a contribution to make i mean you know 
some people feel that way, and, and I'd say they're wrong. If you're interested and you're prepared to listen and to share, you, you, you're most of the way there. Um, I'm not a pilot. Dave's not a pilot. We, we have our areas of speciality, but um, everybody's got something to bring, and I've learned a lot of uh, unexpected people at uh, forum meets to uh, and I come up with stuff I didn't know and correct me when I'm wrong. You know, that's how you learn is by making mistakes and getting it right uh, afterwards, and, and that's a great thing about the forums too. Yep, absolutely. We've... Um We've, I've got some other stuff in the pipeline uh, f- for next year as well. There'll be more veterans, of course. Um, they always seem to be very popular. Um, and I'm looking at the moment, uh, teeing up some people who actually flew with the RNZF from Vietnam. So um, that's something to look forward to. Yeah, good stuff. And uh, I have been working um, off and on on a series on the RNZF Iroquois uh, in service and been interviewing people there. I want to get some more interviews sorted in the next um, few months and start getting some of that stuff out because there's some brilliant stories there. There would be, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, and it, you know, it's like 50 years of stories as well. So, um, yeah, so there's lots, lots more to come and uh, I don't think that it'll be this coming... Um, I don't think it'll be 2017 that I get to wings over Britain or wings over England, but um, yeah, I think I think uh, give yourself a, a, a slow year. <laughs> yeah. Give yourself a home year, and, and I think uh, the following year certainly something to to, uh, to build on. But I, I think um, you know we, we, the the forum and the and the podcast have worked because of a lot of support. It's all built around Dave and Dave's work, and you know without Dave it wouldn't have happened. But I, I know Dave's the first guy to acknowledge the um, support he's had from people. He's just said from Bruce um, yep. uh, for the for the forum meets, and you know so it's a great thing to feel that you're contributing to 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 help out um and uh you know the other thing is feedback is is the other thing i'd say is really small easy i love it when people come up to me say oh listen to that one i really enjoyed it and you know that was interesting and i liked that or i didn't like didn't like that's cool we like we like to hear what people didn't like as well because we can hopefully get it right next time if it's a fair criticism which it often is so you know if you're not sure um, press those buttons and, and let us know what you think um because we do we're always gasping for more feedback you'd be surprised at how little we get um with this yeah. kind of stuff I, I write for the magazines and I, I hear verbal replies and if I get me uh, if I get a technical term wrong blimey we hear feedbacks but uh, other than that and that's a fair comment but other than that the more interesting side of things the more uh, human end of things we don't hear as much as we'd like to so we'd love to hear from you anything you've thought if you thought oh those guys ramble on um, tell us that and we'll ramble this and we'll take on your input and, and what you'd like us to talk about instead yeah well uh, you absolutely hit the nail on the head there uh, James um, that Feedback is really important, uh, and it is the least thing that I seem to get back, is, is the written feedback. Uh, when the, when I started the series five years ago, uh, I set up the section on the on the forum, and every time I put up a new episode, it would get lots of feedback and lots of discussion going, and now I get nothing, absolutely nothing. People have, you know, the, the, the big big new buzz of, um, of the thing five years ago is gone. The people just move on they, they they might listen but they don't come and, and discuss it which is really quite disappointing and and the 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 facebook page um the facebook page is really good but there's very little feedback about the ep- actual episodes and you can actually go onto the facebook page now and down the side it says review and you can hit on that and you can go in there and review the series and give it a, a star a five you know out of five stars 
And if, if, if everybody did that, who actually listens, it would be brilliant. Because right now, I think there's about 10 people who have rated five stars. And, and, you know, nothing less, which is really great. But what the feedback does is other people who are looking at it, they come to the series and go, oh, what's this about? Is it any good? And they see 10 people rating it five stars, then they might actually take the step to listen. And that's the key thing. And the same thing on iTunes. There's been a couple of reviews and um, uh, uh, I think about six six ratings. And that's it. You've got to, We've got to get the ratings up to actually get... Um, the search engine on iTunes to actually recognise us. I mean, uh, under the aviation section, which it's in, it doesn't even come up as uh, as being as having a new episode when a new episode comes out because it's not been rated enough. You know, it's like, oh, this is dis- so disappointing. Why can't people just take two seconds to click a bloody star rating? Um, and I've asked and asked and, uh, this through this year on um, various podcasts, but it's not happening. So I, I've given up now. Well, I think, you know, one of the key takeaways here, and it's the same for the magazine business, I'm sure Stuart Wilson would agree if we'd asked him, you know, most of feedback is, is quiet, is silent. You you, you, mm. you you know you're doing it right because nobody's telling you you're doing it wrong. Um, and yeah. I think uh, it's up to us, the, the, the loyal listeners and the participants, to, to spread the word and share the share the good news for the particular things. And hopefully then, you know, people click onto it and they'll tell their friends that as we know stuff like uh, all of these social media things they're great up to a point but they're ultimately um they're machines for making somebody money somewhere as well yeah. as putting us in touch we're very grateful for the put in touch we put up with the advertising or whatever um but the thing that really matters the thing that really works is word of mouth you know you buy a new new vehicle or a new thing at home and you ask your friends what you think about it um just had a, a you know talking to keith the web today who's a who's a professional in the um the media um you know recommending a couple of podcasts and i know because we've we've recommended that bev and i have recommended them to him he'll he'll go away and and uh, and listen to those because of that personal recommendation so if you can't click uh, on something which we would appreciate then please if you feel it's worth it um uh, tell a friend and and uh, pass it on to them that, that it's worth listening to the podcast and if you don't feel it's worth it tell us why it isn't and why and what you think we should do different and we're very happy to to consider all reasonable suggestions yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do get people come up to me all the time, uh, at, you know, at air events or air shows, and, and when they meet me, they say, oh, I really love that such and such an episode. But it's always face-to-face, and I get that, I really, I do really love that personal feedback, and I get that a lot, but it's just that the public side of the recognition isn't getting out there in terms of, so that other people can see that they liked that episode, if you see what I mean. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, tr- tr- it's tricky, tricky to, to ask everybody to go, go and do it, it but it'd be nice if a few did, did, if you know yeah. what I mean. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, and, and another thing is, we're not in, you know, Dave and I and, and Bruce, we're not in this for the money, we're not in, the, in this for the power, and um, we're definitely oh, not going to go down no. the clickbait route. So uh, please do uh, do back us up with what you think's worthwhile and criticise where you think we should go go in a different direction. But I think you've got some great stuff coming up there, Dave, and uh, really looking forward to next year's programmes. Yeah, and, and uh, another thing um, too, I want to, and a lot of people have actually said this to me since I put out the Sunderland uh, film that I made uh, with taking the two veterans through this short Sunderland. Um, I think I'll, I'll try and get a bit more film footage up uh, in the coming year as well. I, I mean, I've got some clips up there now, but I'll, I'll concentrate more on, on film as well as audio. I get so many people, and particularly on the key forum, uh, if I put up a link to a new episode, and they go, oh yeah, I'll watch that later. And I'm like, no you won't, it's audio. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. It'll be they really, all, really they all think watching, mate. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah they, that's a good point. Other people just, just assume that you know, like everybody else, it's it's uh, YouTube, but it's not. It's not, and maybe I need to explore that more. Well, I think there's an advantage with the podcast. Uh, you know, we've covered a lot of ground in this uh, conversation. Obviously, we're coming to the end, but uh, there's a really good point that, uh, and I think um, you know, Matt made a really funny but good point himself there that, you know, people listen to it all sorts of different places, and sometimes it can be pretty powerful engaging. You know, um, uh, your finish of the, uh, uh, the way you finished the Australian War Memorial Tour, Dave, I haven't had a chance to tell you here, a bit of personal face-to-face, voice-to-voice feedback. I thought it was a really powerful finish to uh, what for us was a, an intense couple of days in an intense uh, period of travel. Very moving, very good insight and, um, and, a, and a terrific way of finishing a, uh, one of the stories. And it worked on podcast. I sat in the car and, you know, for, for a couple of minutes after uh, I'd arrived home just to finish that one off. It's not video. Video is great, and I, I'm delighted to hear you looking at doing more stuff because um, that's a great. You know, sometimes it's a good way of telling a story. But I think um, the podcasts, in their own way, are a very unique, uh, very unique. Terrible phrase. Just edit that one myself. Little <laughs> pin moment. It, uh, are a unique thing. They they do a different job to uh, to um, any other form of media because you can listen to it when you want to. You can go back and listen to a bit again. You can fast forward bits you don't like, um, and you can listen to it while you're doing something else. And and there's um, there's every reason. To, to give them a give them a go, and some amazing stuff that you'll discover, and, and such a diverse uh, range of experiences out of this amazing little um, New Zealand studio, Dave. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you. I, I mean, I'm really glad that you liked the way that I finished that off um, on that on that episode. And yeah, you're right. Um, podcasts are a unique way of getting a, a, a story out there, and um, I, I, I love podcasts because I can stick the podcast, I can stick the um, iPod on and go out do my gardening. I mow the lawn. I always have a, a podcast going when I'm mowing the lawn with with the sound cranked up, obviously, and the and the earmuffs on. Uh, That's why it walking. takes so long to mow the lawn, is it, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. Listen, it's loud Dave and his lawnmower with the, the sound system. Yeah. But yes, people do. Well, I was just saying, you know, the podcast is a really unique way of getting uh getting the sound out there um getting the story out there and uh i i'm definitely going to continue with um with with podcasts and it's not gonna it, it's not gonna all become film it's just going to be the occasional film yeah. because there's so much more work in in making a film the editing um and it uses up so much more space on your computer and all that sort of thing and uh i mean i just about crashed my computer uh making that sunderland one it was frustrating as heck because <laughs> uh, yeah there, there will there will be more to come uh film wise and um but yeah just uh sort of watch the space so as i say we're going to take a break over christmas and um we'll be back probably sometime early january or mid-january something like that uh although don't forget, there's going to be a lot of air shows coming up, so I'll be away for bits and pieces. Uh, Tauranga air shows in January, uh, and then February I'll be down at the Ohaki air show. Um, and I don't know yet whether I'll be going to Masterton because it might be a bit of a big ask with two big air shows a week apart. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'll be certainly recording more stories as i go as well so well plenty of plenty more good stuff to uh, to look out for and if if you if you're pining on unless you're one of those rare people who's managed to listen to them all there's a great lot of good stuff in the back catalog too yeah and in fact um even me sometimes will go back and have another listen to old shows uh because 
there's stuff that I, you know, I've forgotten most of it because I've I've just moved on after I've put it out there, and um, there, there's some there's some really good stuff in that back catalogue, and and I'd forgotten that it was even there, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, make sure you go back, and and a lot of people do go back because I watch the figures, and some of the old uh, episodes are still getting listened to, which is great. Yeah, that's terrific. Even yours, Bruce, way back in number, number two. two. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise I was that early in the piece. It was, wasn't you should, it? Yep. You should have gone yep. for a percentage of the gross, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, we wait since that time, right, in terms of uh, all the story. The story just keeps developing, eh? That's that's the way that, mm. the way that it all goes. Yep, absolutely. Yep, it just keeps on carrying on. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining me. Uh, I know Matt dropped off a little bit earlier because he's got uh, deputy mayoralty duties in, in his hometown of Junee, so he had to shoot off. So uh, he dropped off the conversation, but it's been really good to have you, you on, Bruce, and, and, and you, James. And um, I really appreciate you joining in our Christmas party and our, and our fifth birthday party. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Terrific to do. Lovely to be on with uh, with Bruce. Good to have a bit of Matt time. Uh, Matt's a great guy. and um, yeah. Glad to see him again and, and good to catch up a bit, Dave. And uh, have a great 2017. Thank you. You too, both of you. And uh, yeah, just like to, to, to wish everybody a really Merry Christmas and uh, a good festive season there. And um, yeah, we'll see you uh, catch up with some of you guys in 2017. Terrific. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, everybody. So this is Christmas And what have you done Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas I hope you have fun The
somebody's getting a call by the sound of it. That's me. Sorry about that. And I'll not get to the phone. And Bev's on another call. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, James has fell off a cliff. Oh, they've given up. India didn't really want to sell us anything in the end. <laughs> oh, good. Now we've finally got an outtake to put in after, 100, after 129 episodes. <laughs> uh, and we were doing so well, too. <laughs> Thank you.
We'll make the dream become a reality.